The U.S. government is spending on average $228 million per day to send military equipment to Ukraine to wage a proxy war on Russia. We're talking about $40 billion in just six months. On February 24th, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine and escalated this war that had been going on, by the way, since 2014, since a U.S. orchestrated coup overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected government, setting off a civil war. And in the past six months, um, August 24th of this year was the six-month anniversary. In the six months between the Russian invasion on February 24th and August 24th, the U.S. government sent nearly $40 billion in military aid to Ukraine. That's not including other forms of aid to Ukraine. The U.S. and the IMF are basically just propping up the entire Ukrainian economy, which, by the way, is imposing brutal neoliberal uh, shock therapy and cutting workers' protections. It basically, the Ukrainian regime basically made it illegal to, to form a union uh, collective bargaining rights were suspended. So workers' rights have been completely eviscerated. And this regime has been propped up by U.S. spending. But I, I, today I want to focus specifically on military spending because there's constantly this criticism that, you know, the U.S. government can't spend money on health care and education because it would be too expensive. And Joe Biden, you know, I'm certainly no fan of Joe Biden. He is a war criminal. He's actually imposed a lot of neoliberal economic policies on behalf of large corporations that funded his campaign. But he did something kind of good and pardoned up to $10,000 in student loans. Now, this isn't going nearly far enough. This is estimated that it's going to impact around $300 billion of student loan debt in the United States. Meanwhile, there's $1.75 trillion in student debt in the United States. And Joe Biden could write that all off. And it would not only have no impact, it probably would have a positive impact on the economy. He only forgave an estimated $300 billion. And that's, of course, something that Biden did to try to get younger people to vote for him in the lead up to the November midterm elections. But regardless, the point is that there's this constant criticism Whenever the U.S. government, which is almost never, does something that could potentially help people, you hear Republicans and conservatives and libertarians criticize the government and say there's too much spending and debt and all of that. Well, meanwhile, what we almost never hear, aside from this small percentage of anti-war voices in alternative media and you know left-wing politics, we almost never hear people say, well, what about the trillions of dollars that the U.S. government spends to wage war around the world. The U.S. empire has 800 foreign military bases. And once again, in the past six months, the U.S. government on average has sent Ukraine $228 million per day in military aid. Now, where does this figure come from? It comes from a study, some research by this researcher, Stephen Semler. I've quoted him before. I did a recent episode about the U.S. military budget being larger than the next nine largest countries combined. I mean, the U.S. military budget is completely out of control. U.S. military spending is off the, the charts. There's no other country that comes even close. And this guy, Stephen Semler, this researcher, has a really good substack 
blog called Speaking Security. You can find it at stevensemler.substack.com. I'll link to it in the description below. And he published this report, how much military aid has Biden sent to Ukraine? And he found that it's around $40 billion. Now, he pointed out that a lot of this aid, actually this military assistance, which means, you know, weapons, equipment needed to kill Russians. A lot of this equipment was sent also before Russia invaded in February, because as I said earlier, the war in Ukraine did not begin with the Russian invasion this February. The war in Ukraine began in 2014 when the United States orchestrated a coup d'etat that violently overthrew the elected president of Ukraine and installed a pro-Western puppet regime and that set off a civil war. This is something that the U.S. ambassador to Russia, who's now CIA director William Burns, had warned about back in 2008 of being a potential scenario. This is exactly what the U.S. did. So anyway, the point is that the U.S. sent billions of dollars in military assistance to Ukraine before Russia invaded. And you can see two of those packages from August 2021 and December 2021, estimated at $260 million. Now, if you subtract those two, because that's the those are two weapons packages sent to Ukraine before Russia invaded on February 24th. And if you only look at the U.S. military assistance provided to Ukraine between February 25th of 2022, that's the day after Russia invaded, up till August 19th, 2022, then together that, that represents $39.87 billion of U.S. military aid to Ukraine. Again, so that $39.87 billion is between six months from February to August. Now, if you divide that by the number of days, which is 175 days, then you get $228 million in military aid per day on average. For context, experts have estimated that free tuition at public universities in the United States would cost the government around $50 billion a year. Biden, the Biden administration has sent Ukraine nearly $40 billion in military assistance, not to mention other forms of Ukraine, economic assistance for Ukraine, just in six months. So that is nearly double what it would cost for the $50 billion an entire year to fund, to create free, tuition-free higher education in the United States. So there is the money. Of course, that money is, is never spent for social programs to help people. It's spent on war and empire. And if you look at this chart from Stephen Semler's Substack, and again, I'll link to it in the description below, you can see that basically every few weeks on average, the U.S. government sends hundreds of millions of dollars more in military assistance and weapons to Ukraine. So this figure of 40, nearly $40 billion in six months is not going to be the, the total figure for all of the year. It's likely, if you just look at this chart, it's very likely that that Biden is going to continue to send hundreds of millions of dollars more or billions of dollars more in military assistance to Ukraine to wage this proxy war. And by the way, when I say that the war in Ukraine is a proxy war, even mainstream figures involved in the U.S. war machine have acknowledged that this is a proxy war. It is not and should not in any way be controversial to say that the U.S. is waging a proxy war on Russia via Ukraine. Even the Washington Post, which is owned by 
billionaire oligarch or centi billionaire, 200 billionaire oligarch, Jeff Bezos, who of course is the founder of Amazon, which has huge contracts with the CIA and other US government agencies. The Washington Post published an article titled, Russia is right, the US is waging a proxy war in Ukraine. This is by a columnist for Bloomberg, another billionaire oligarch owned uh, media outlet. His name is Hal Brands. Hal Brands is a neoconservative uh, pundit. And as they note in his bio here, Hal Brands is the Henry Kissinger Distinguished Professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies, which has a revolving door with the US government. So this guy is a complete neocon. I mean, again, he is the Henry Kissinger Distinguished Professor. So this guy really represents peak neoconservative so-called intellectualism in the United States. He published this article in Bloomberg. It was printed in the, in the Washington Post. He notes that Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, had referred to the war in Ukraine as a proxy war. And this neocon, Hal Brands, this Henry Kissinger professor, he acknowledged, he said, he's not wrong. Quote, Russia is the target of one of the most ruthlessly effective proxy wars in modern history, and the less U.S. officials say about it, the better. So the point of this article is for him to say, yes, the U.S. is waging a proxy war in Russia, but we shouldn't, the U.S. government shouldn't say that openly, although, I mean, he's admitting it. Now, also, look how arrogant and condescending and even racist this neocon's worldview is. He refers to the revolutionary socialist governments in Afghanistan and Nicaragua in the 1980s as Moscow's clients. You know, it's become popular for rad libs, for like these pro-imperialist liberals to talk about denying agency to people, you know, in Syria who are like these proxies on behalf of Western capital and Western imperialism. But in this case, they actually are denying the agency of Nicaraguans who had a popular socialist revolution against a US-backed right-wing dictator or the revolution in Afghanistan, the Sour Revolution, which was led by socialists who wanted to develop their country, wanted land reform against the feudal landlords who wanted women to be educated. They're, they were not Moscow's clients. They were allies supported by the Soviet Union, but the revolutions in Afghanistan and Nicaragua were completely organic. So anyway, it shows this very condescending racist worldview of these neocons. But anyway, the point of this article is not that. The point is that this Henry Kissinger distinguished professor at a university closely linked to the U.S. government is admitting blatantly in the Washington Post and Bloomberg that the war in Ukraine is a U.S. proxy war on Russia, a U.S. NATO proxy war. He says, the key to the strategy is to find a committed local partner, a proxy willing to do the killing and dying. So he's referring to Ukraine as a proxy willing to die on behalf of the U.S. empire. He's saying it very openly. And then load the proxy up with arms, money, and intelligence needed to inflict shattering blows on a vulnerable rival. That's just what Washington and its allies are doing to Russia today. Once again, as clearly stated as he possibly could say it. Ukrainian forces are nothing if not committed. They have been willing in many cases to fight to the last man. So once again, here is a Henry Kissinger distinguished professor, neocon columnist for Bloomberg and also in the Washington Post here, admitting 
that Ukraine is fighting to the last Ukrainian on behalf of the last empire. He says it openly. He says that Ukraine is fighting to the last man. So these imperialists, they don't care about Ukraine. They are quite literally saying that Ukraine is a proxy of the U.S. empire and is cannon fodder. And that's why the U.S. government is sending $228 million of weapons per day to fuel this proxy war in Ukraine. And Ukrainians are dying. Of course, Russians are dying too, but they knew they were going to die. You know, the, the military invaded. But Ukrainians are dying in this proxy war for empire. And this is how flippant these imperialists are in the United States. This is how little they care about the people sacrificing their lives on behalf of their glorious empire, sacrificing themselves at the altar of U.S. imperialism. He also, in this article, refers to the war in Ukraine as a trap. He says the Kiev government and its supporters have no intention of letting Moscow escape the trap. So once again, he refers to the war not as a war of liberation or whatever, the proxy war the U.S. is waging. He refers to it as a trap, as Russia fell into NATO's trap. Again, this is in the Washington Post. He notes that Ukraine has used drones, anti-tank weapons, and other tools provided by the U.S. and European countries to chew up Russian units. As I said, the main point of this video, $228 million per day in U.S. military assistance. That's not including the billions of dollars more provided by European countries. He adds, Western governments have delivered the money to keep Kiev in business and the intelligence it has used to spoil Russia's attacks and even reportedly to target its generals. So here he's also acknowledging that the U.S. and European and IMF economic assistance is keeping the government afloat and keeping it from going bankrupt. Now, he also points out that the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, acknowledged that the U.S. goal in Ukraine is to weaken Russia. This is a CNN article acknowledging that, admitting it. It's titled, Austin's assertion that U.S. wants to weaken Russia underlines Biden's strategy shift. And this article is from April. So very early on in this proxy war, this new phase of the proxy war, that is. Uh, the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin told reporters after visiting Ukraine's capital, Kiev, that, quote, we want to see Russia weakened. We want to see Russia weakened to the degree that it can't do these kinds of things that it has done in invading Ukraine. So stating very clearly, saying the quiet part loud, it's not about freedom and democracy. Let's, let's get over that infantile worldview. It's nothing to do with freedom and democracy. So back to this article by this neocon... Hal Brands, the Henry Kissinger Distinguished Professor. He says, The way to wage a proxy war is to maintain a conspiracy of silence. Consp but conspiracies don't happen. The ruling class constantly tells us there, there are no conspiracies. If you say that the ruling class, that, that U.S. imperialists, that large corporations in Wall Street, if they engage in conspiracies to, to advance their economic interests on behalf of capital and big corporations, that's a conspiracy theory. But when the U.S. and NATO are waging a proxy war on Russia via Ukraine and using Ukrainians as cannon fodder, it's a conspiracy of silence. But don't don't say it's a conspiracy, because even though it's a conspiracy, you can't say it's a conspiracy because only conspiracy theories are actual conspiracies. Whatever this is. I mean, once again, these if you actually read these articles again, this is printed in Bloomberg and reprinted in The Washington Post. 
they say it very clearly what's actually happening. Okay, anyway, he continues. So far, the U.S. and its allies have been very effective at coercing Putin's Russia. They have helped Ukraine kill vast numbers of Russian soldiers. Saying it, once again, the quiet part loud. And then he adds, thanks to Ukraine's incredible resistance, the U.S. and its friends have put Putin on the wrong end of a brutal proxy war. So there you have it, from the mouth of Henry Kissinger, distinguished professor at Johns Hopkins University, Hal Brands, Russia is right, the U.S. is waging a proxy war in Ukraine. Now, he's not the only neoconservative, he's not the only U.S. government allied official or aligned official who has acknowledged this. Here's an article in The Atlantic magazine. This is the voice of the ruling class in Washington, the bipartisan political establishment who support war and empire. This article was published in The Atlantic in March, quite early in this new phase of the proxy war. It's titled, America's Hesitation is Heartbreaking. He's calling for, this is by Elliot Cohen, who was formerly a State Department official in the George W. Bush administration, who was one of the architects of the Iraq war. He was involved in Iraq war planning. And he's basically arguing back in March that the U.S. needs to send more and more military equipment to Ukraine. Now, of course, that is, is exactly what happened. In March, his article was published on March 14th, and unbeknownst to him, the next day, the U.S. passed the $7.51 billion of military assistance for Ukraine. And then in May, on May 21st, the U.S. government passed an additional $24.6 billion in military assistance for Ukraine. So th let's keep in mind when he wrote this article, this was before $30 billion more in weapons for Ukraine. So those weapons that this neoconservative figure was asking for, Elliot Cohen was asking for, those weapons indeed were sent to Ukraine by the Biden administration, which shows this bipartisan warmongering mentality in Washington. Elliot Cohen is, of course, a Republican, but he and Biden are totally on board when it comes to waging this proxy war. They point out here that Elliot Cohen, like the Henry Kissinger distinguished professor Hal Brands, is also a professor at the Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies. As I said earlier, it is a revolving door with the U.S. government. Elliot Cohen is also uh, a part of the the warmongering right-wing think tank in Washington, CSIS, which is funded by weapons corporations and Western governments. It's a complete right-wing neoconservative think tank. And he was counselor of the Department of State from 2007 to 2009 under George W. Bush. So in this article in The Atlantic, he admits, he says, the United States and its NATO allies are engaged in a proxy war with Russia. They are supplying thousands of munitions and hopefully doing much else, sharing intelligence, for example, with the intent of killing Russian soldiers. And then he says, to break the will of Russia and free Ukraine, many Russian soldiers have to flee, surrender, or die. And the more and faster, the better. So once again, it's not just anti-imperialists, it's not just anti-war voices saying that the U.S. and NATO are waging a proxy war in Russia. Here are two neoconservative figures in Washington with a significant influence who have, a, who have a history of a revolving door with the U.S. government saying very clearly 
the U.S. is waging this proxy war. Now, note in this article, he says that in addition to the nearly $40 billion of weapons that the U.S. has provided to Ukraine in the past six months, he also points out other forms of support, including intelligence. Now, intelligence is, is barely cutting it. It's not just intelligence. I wrote an article over at multipolarista.com back in June titled CIA and Western Special Ops Commandos are in Ukraine directing proxy war on Russia. I will link to that in the description below. There's also a video and a podcast in which I discuss this article. And this article reviews all of the evidence or a lot of the evidence that we have proving that the CIA and special operations forces from the United States and numerous European governments are physically on the ground in Ukraine, on the front lines, training Ukrainian soldiers, providing them intelligence, uh, also in involved in planning combat operations against Russia. This is a direct proxy war in which the U.S. and European governments are clear. Are, they have for boots on the ground. They don't have conventional soldiers on the ground, but they have other forms of boots on the ground from their intelligence agencies and from their military. This was confirmed in all places in the New York Times. Here's an article that was published on June 25th. Commando network coordinates flow of weapons in Ukraine, officials say. Now, I have these annoying ads at the bottom. I always look at this up on archive.today to get behind the paywall. Fun tip, you can use archive.today, but it always has these annoying ads. Anyway, let me continue here. So this article acknowledges in the New York Times that Ukraine's ability to resist Russia depends more than ever on help from the United States and its allies, including a stealthy network of commandos and spies rushed to provide weapons, intelligence, and training. Much of this work happens outside Ukraine at bases in Germany, France, and Britain. However, some, some CIA personnel have continued to operate in the country that is in Ukraine, mostly in the capital, Kiev, directing much of the vast amounts of intelligence the United States is sharing with Ukrainian forces. At the same time, a few dozen commandos from other NATO countries, including Britain, France, Canada, and Lithuania, also have been working inside Ukraine. These Western forces are training and advising Ukrainian troops and providing on the, an on-the-ground conduit for weapons and other aid. The U.S. Army has quietly created a coalition planning cell in Germany, to coordinate military assistance to Ukrainian commandos and other Ukrainian troops, the cell has, has grown to 20 different countries are involved in coordinating this proxy war against Russia and Ukraine. So what are the main points that I'm trying to stress here? What are the main points to take away from this episode? One, the U.S. government in six months has provided nearly $40 billion in military aid to Ukraine. That is equivalent to $228 million per day. That, that is money that could be spent on social programs to help people with education, with healthcare. Now, yes, I know the people who support modern monetary theory, MMT, I understand their argument that when the U.S. government wants to wage these wars and carry out these operations, it doesn't do it from its discretionary budget. It just creates the money. It prints the money. It creates more money you know, digitally, they just they just do it on a computer screen. It's not real capital because the U.S. government can, of course, create money, the U.S. dollar and the U.S. dollar is a global reserve currency. I know all of that, whatever. But the point is that 
the U.S. government is spending these tens of billions of dollars to wage war to kill Ukrainians and Russians. It's not just Russians who are dying. It's Ukrainians as neoconservative Hal Brands, this, this Henry Kissinger professor acknowledged. He said very clearly that Ukraine is fighting to the last Ukrainian on behalf of U.S. imperialism for, to wage this proxy war in Russia. So they're cognizant of the fact that they're sacrificing Ukrainians in this war for empire. So it's crazy because the very few of us who are journalists and analysts who are against U.S. imperialism and against these constant U.S. wars that we see every single year, those of us who have been calling for peace talks and an end to the proxy war in Ukraine, and for years, by the way, even before Russia invaded, I've been doing reporting on Ukraine for years now and this proxy war that the U.S. and NATO have been waging against Russia since the U.S. orchestrated coup in Ukraine in 2014. Those of us who say that there should be a political solution, a diplomatic solution to end this horrible war in Ukraine that is leading to the deaths of thousands of Ukrainians and Russians who, by the way, are conscripted in Ukraine. Men are being conscripted and even women as well are joining in this, sacrificing their lives on behalf of empire. So those of us who are saying that we want the war to end, we want peace talks, and there have been attempts at having peace talks in Belarus and Turkey, we're the ones who are called Putin apologists and pro-Russian propagandists and blah, 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 all that nonsense. Meanwhile, you have these neoconservative figures in the Washington Post, like Hal Brands, acknowledging that they're sacrificing Ukrainians in this war for empire. Again, I, I, wanna, I wanna read his exact quote here because this, this isn't me speaking. This is this Henry Kissinger distinguished professor. He says very clearly here, Ukrainian forces have been willing in many cases to fight to the last man. They're fighting to the last Ukrainian. They're the ones who don't care about Ukrainian lives. I repeat here, Anyone who says that they care about Ukrainian lives should be calling immediately yesterday for peace talks to end this war and stop this brutal proxy war, this bloodletting that is leading to tens of thousands of deaths. This is a position that should be mainstreamed by anyone who says they want peace. But of course, as we see, the U.S. and NATO and the EU, they don't want peace. They want to bleed Russia as Defense Secretary and former Raytheon member of the board of directors of Raytheon, Lloyd Austin, said the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia. It's not to provide for protections for the people of Ukraine. As I've done reporting on, I have an article, multipolarista.com. I've done a video and a podcast about how these, West, these same Western governments are meeting and holding conferences in which they're planning to impose brutal neoliberal capitalist shock therapy on Ukraine, mass privatizations, cutting workers' protections, ending labor rights, ending union rights. They don't care about Ukrainians. For them, it's an, it's an opportunity to strengthen the U.S. empire. And as Hal Brand said in the Washington Post, they're fighting to the last Ukrainian. It's really sick, it's really cynical, and it's really disgusting. And once again, $228 million of U.S. military aid per day on average. And that number is going to continue to grow as the U.S. tries to bleed Russia to the last Ukrainian.